Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Don't just be motivated. Be motivated to act. Don't taste the bag. Attract the bag. It's the Money Motivation Podcast. You've never heard money talk like this. It's time to get into the game. Pull up in motor cash. I got a show today. It's all I'm trying to do. Hustle and motivate. Welcome to episode five of the Money Motivation Podcast. I am your man, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. We're going to get this game tipped off if you are a first-time listener to the Money Motivation Podcast. We're going to give you just a quick rundown of how we run the show before I introduce you to our Money Motivation Squad members, Mark Ranger and Michael Sutler. Real quick, how we do this. We run it like a game. First quarter, I ask a tip-off question to both of our guests. They will answer. Uh, We'll have... Michael asked Mark. Well, as a matter of fact, we'll go Mark ask Michael a question for the second quarter. We'll go to a quick halftime, and then we'll have Mike ask Mark a question for the third quarter. And then we always have a specially prepared fourth quarter prepared for all of you out there listening again. This is the Money Motivation Podcast, an unscripted view into the game of business and money. And without further ado, we'll make quick intros and get this game tipped off. So I'll go ahead and introduce you, Mark Rage, as the CEO of Money Motivation. This is your baby, so we'll say hello to all those listening and give people just a quick background, and we'll go to Michael next. All right, we're in the game. So Mark Ranger, uh, I live in Los Angeles, California. I am a fully licensed uh, financial advisor. I uh, formerly ran a financial practice. I currently lead a business unit as a financial executive uh, of a Fortune 200 firm, and I lead a business unit uh, that manages uh, $20 billion plus under management in terms of assets and does $150 million in revenue a year. And um, I do strategy and business development for financial advisors in that, uh, in that uh, role. I also own the Money Motivation brand, which is a success lifestyle brand. I live in Los Angeles, as I mentioned. I'm in the top uh, 1% of income earners in the United States. I own a million-dollar-plus home, and I also was named one of the top uh, black business leaders uh, in the United States, and I love what I do. Hey, love it. Michael, you up. What you got, brother? Hey, Helen from the Dirty South, man. Um, Mike's over here. I went from being an engineer to uh, learning how to trade Forex and then futures and then back to stock. And uh, at the time of the financial crisis, 2008, I made enough money to walk away from the job. But in doing so, I ended up starting what's called a commodity trading advisor. Um, I'm a commodity trading advisor, licensed. Um, Went from being what you would call a journeyman um, in in, in finance, uh, having an engineering background, developed a bunch of algorithms to help me trade, and now I manage money for individual clients, um, also nonprofits, and looks like I'm about to get my first institutional client as well in the next few months. Been blessed to do that. 
Um, also own a software company, IP holding company, and um, a copious amount of land here in the South. But yeah, that's pretty much me. Uh, just turned 40, and um, I'm here to get it with you guys. Happy birthday, brother. Congratulations on the up-and-coming client. We'll know that'll go through for you. But let's go ahead and get this game tipped off. I'm going to ask both of you this question. We'll start with you, Mike. Um, can you tell us about a successful asset you purchased entirely from your own research? Two-part question. And alternatively, what's your approach to purchasing, ex purchasing expensive items that depreciate in value today versus how you used to purchase them before you became a financially sound, if that makes sense. So if you will, just go into uh, an asset that you researched all on your own and, and now consider it a successful asset or used to, whatever the case may be. Well, you know, honestly, that's a little, uh, it, it depends on how I go with this, but that's, that's a little unfair because pretty much all of my investments, uh, minus maybe one or two, I've done all the work on it like it wouldn't be me i wouldn't be talking to you guys if i didn't do all the work and that's kind of like we can we can run through that process i'm a really process oriented person when it comes to selecting what an asset is now that process has changed and muted mutated over time you know yeah let me but, tell you like this mike if you will if you could think of a, a particular one and let me kind of give you an idea yeah. of what i was thinking and even coming up with the tip-off question the idea all is right. quite often our first assets Typically, somebody kind of shared information with us that gave us a recommendation, and maybe with their recommendation, we, we had a little success. That may not have been your situation, uh, but nah. really, I'm really wanting to hear early on in your life when you first did it yourself and said, you know what, I'm proud of myself for gathering this asset. Uh, thanks for the recommendation in the past, but this is one that I've gathered all up, up on my own. So if you could kind of resort back to that early process and, and just what was it, and and how did you figure out that was the one early on, if you can remember one? <laughs> All right, so I, I'm I'm the, I'm the I went from being like who I am now to I was that guy giving the recommendation. So I can and it was an airtight recommendation, and I can go way back to this. This is this is a back to probably around, gosh, maybe 2005, 2006. I can give you one. Uh, I was gonna run it. I was gonna run it Facebook for for you as well. 2012 Facebook's IPO was another one. Uh, but I'll go back to this one. This was um, China Sun. Is C Sun was was a ticker symbol. But uh, you know, at the time there was a lot of hype around like First Solar and a lot of the uh, solar solar power companies that was getting a lot of press because you know if you go back 15 years ago that was really when uh, I guess you say alternative energy started getting into play. And I was really just dabbling around in stocks. At the time, again, I really started as a forex and commodities guy, so technical analysis was really my first thing. But that wasn't a really good fit for trying to find, um, you know, a, a really low price stock in this, you know, energy sector. I didn't really know the sector well, so what I did was kind of, I guess, ingratiate myself to the industry, learn about who the major players were, not just in terms of. I mean, I knew all the companies, but the main thing for me was finding out which regions on the planet were actually doing the work. Where was the mass production of the actual solar panels going to be? You know, because when you start looking at where production is, where the costs are, you can start to find where you can find people that have advantages. Because if you're close to the source, you typically can get better pricing than somebody who's farther away. So with this China Solar Company, I found, um, again, it, it was one of those things, 
I took the time out, zeroed in on them. They were again, this was a cheap stock. I would I wouldn't even touch this stuff in this day and age. But at the time, you know, I could flip a couple a couple grand at something and it wouldn't really even matter. I mean, I, it was kind of a win or lose thing. But I spent probably about a month researching and finding what I thought was be would be the, the companies that were um, what I would consider to be hype trains. These are the ones that you can find. You can find lots of information on the, on the internet. I mean, most people will say, "Oh, go to you know your your big name, find some Investopedia or Market Watch or Barons. You just name. There's tons of like information on companies. What I do is I went to a bunch of um, like these stock trading forums. I like to see what people who were journeymen, uh, sort of, you know, the retail side of traders, to see where their thought processes were, because I knew in the OTC markets, which is basically, you know, the, the these are the pink sheets and, you know, kind of trash stuff. I knew this is really where it was pushing the money, because there wasn't, even at the time, I knew there wasn't any big money behind this, but I didn't need big money to, to make this trade. So after kind of seeing what they were zeroed in on, there was CSUN, the same company I'm talking about, and a couple of others. The other ones weren't. Uh, they weren't China-based. They weren't anything else. They were like if one of them was American-based. I, I wish I could remember the tickers. But CSUN was trading. Uh, you know, it was cheap, but it had a lot of volume to it. The actual, like if you look at the the intraday volume of of the was traded, that means that you know that to me told me that there was some liquidity with it. You could get in and out of it, right? So that's I mean that's a key factor. One thing you know a lot of people make investments. Oh yeah, I can get in this thing where you're talking about either. But nobody really types, really thinks about. Well, when it's time to sell, can I get out of that too? So once I figured out it had yeah, the right that's volume, had the right Let me ask you this real quick, Michael, if I can interrupt What's you and, and real quick, it's a good thought. So if I'm understanding it, not only did you research it for a month, find it, but you actually wanted to get in and get out, and that was your success. You you actually made the money you wanted. You were able to get in and in and out. Am I understanding that correctly? I, I mean, yeah, again, I'm a technical guy. Like That's my background. Buy and hold is a strategy that works, but is not my my nature, and that's a that's a longer story. Yeah, like I've had to train myself. I'm just making sure I understood what you was explaining. Yeah, yeah. We're not we're not doing any strategy here. Yeah, it was just a matter of so for your perspective, that was the one you you found it, got in and out, made the money yeah. you wanted to make. That was your successful one. No, absolutely. Uh, how about this? Oh, well, now, was, you know, obviously, with you having this, having this long background, uh, let me ask you: mm-hmm. How do you approach? buying things you like to splurge your money on. I, I didn't re- and again, let me give you a little background on this question. It's simply, it's simply um, how did you approach splurging prior to being financially sound? How do you approach, approach splurging on maybe expensive depreciating assets now? Again, it's just how do you approach it, not necessarily the details, if, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So the approach is completely different in so much that, you know, when I first started working, and I can go back to like the engineering days, like I had some money. You know, it was a nice paying job, but it wasn't like money, money. Uh, but really, it was pretty simple. I, I was always a budget guy. And if I had enough for the thing, it was like you just go out and so uh, I would save up or do whatever I could to have the thing, whatever it was. You know, uh, at the time, you know, you can say, my, oh, my wife, you know, like some expensive piece of jewelry. I would spend time budgeting. When I got it, I'd run out and grab it. Like it was it would take so long to get it. But if you contrast that now, okay. my now has changed. Okay. Like, compl- I mean, it, it really was just that short. But my now is so different. Um, I always, I have kind of like a two X rule. If you can't afford it twice, you don't need it. 
and even even if you want it, that's kind of like a thing. And the other thing is 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 kind of a cash or credit, depending on what else I'm trying to do. Uh, and I'll give you an example. So one of my one of my favorite things, or what what I'm kind of excited about now, is I'm looking. I'm in the market looking for a new car. Like I mean, we got a bunch of kids, but I could go out right now and and go get out what I want cash. And that would have been probably my approach even maybe four or five years ago. You know, even if I had the cash, because that's kind of my thing. It's like cash, I don't have to worry about the credit or anything now. But now I tend to be more sensitive to stuff. And I'll give you an example. So, uh, well, make sure. Let me let, me, let, me, let me let Mark get in here, if you will. Okay. Uh, Michael, yeah, we just wanted to get the, yeah, yeah, absolutely get the concepts. So, same question back to you, Mark. Uh, and again, just really generally, what was that first asset that you were proud of uh, that you know you said, you know what, I did this myself versus maybe a recommendation from, you know, whether it be a friend or family member, just the one you said, you know what, let me hustle this up, and you had success with it. What was that for you, uh, Mark? Yeah, it was my first real estate purchase, which, which was my home, and I was here in L.A. I was, I was as I was coming up in the career, I, I was the type of individual who didn't really – it wasn't at the forefront of my mind to buy a house. Everybody told me buy a house, invest in a house, do this and do that. I just saw it as a big liability. I saw it as a big, um, you know, <laughs> I, I got a big debt that I'll be taking on, so to speak. And I, I wanted to stay mobile. I wanted to stay liquid if I could. And I was running and gunning. So I didn't do that initially. So uh, when I decided to, it actually was 0809. 0809, we all know what happened during that time. It was a good opportunity to buy. I was in the market to buy here in L.A., and I actually started looking around. I, I had an offer on the table to buy a home. At, at, towards the end of it, something didn't feel right about it, and, and I pulled out. I pulled out of that deal. I kept looking, and then I saw a home that I fell in love with, but the owners did not want to sell. They actually um, had inherited the home from their parents. It was a, an emotional thing for them. They didn't want to sell it. So um, I could have gone on and just tried to find something else, but I thought about it and said, you know what, this is going to be an incredible investment some kind of way. Uh, i got to find a way or a different angle to do this that's not traditional. So I said, hey, look, why don't I lease it from you? Let, let's, let's do a lease arrangement. I'll lease it, and then let's just have a conversation every year about uh, the ability or your appetite, let's say, for selling it. No pressure, no rush, but I'll come in, I'll lease it from you, and we'll figure it out. Uh, that went on for about uh, four years, and then they came to the table saying they were ready. Uh, didn't have to hire a realtor, didn't have to have anybody else bidding on it, uh, didn't have to have the pressure of being outbid. We negotiated it amongst one another. I bought the home for $950,000. Um, that was in 2013, I think it was. And today the home is worth $2.3 million. So that is from a uh, perspective of what I'm proud of, because I looked at it like an investment. I, I didn't look at it as this will be the home I'll be in for the rest of my life. <laughs> I looked at it as I got to take a different angle with this. I know this can be an incredible investment. Uh, I'm willing to be patient, you know, if they're willing to work with me and, and work the angles with it, and it worked out. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. All right, let's jump into the – um, how you approach depreciating assets, uh, you know, years ago compared to now. So depreciating assets, um, how I approached it. Um, you know, most of that stuff is when you talk about buying cars, buying 
you know, clothes, Mayan, you know, a lot of that stuff is considered depreciating type assets. Cars is probably the most uh, immediate connection with most people and with me because I've had several cars. And I would say in the past, the way I approached it is, one, I was living beyond my means. I mean, I, I, I used to live beyond my means. I did. Uh, coming up, I, I, I didn't do financially what I should have done as I was trying to build up in my career. Uh, and uh, budgeting actually didn't work for me. <laughs> you know, you start on a budget and uh, you can't stick to it. You start out pretty good, but it's hard. Um, so taking the car as an example, because I think that connects with the best, is what I changed was this. I changed the formula. So instead of budgeting, I changed the formula to say, all right, if I could have a formula in terms of how I live, where I had 70% uh, in terms of what I made, you take the full pie of 100% of whatever income you got coming in. I said, all right, 70% is going to go to lifestyle, 20% is going to go to some type of investment, and then 10% is going to go to if I have any credit cards or credit or debt. That's how I focused it. So in that 70%, whatever I was going to buy had to fit, fit within that. So it wasn't a budget. It's just it's got to fit within this lifestyle uh, carved out portion of what I do, which would restrict me living beyond my means because here, here's what I got. Here's what I got to do. It's not a budget, but as long as I fit within that. The other thing I, I tried to, to make sure I focus on was investing more in appreciating assets than depreciating assets. So any money that I did invest or uh, reroute from what I earned, I tried to make sure I was putting it so that it was something, let's say, and I was starting a business and I had money at play at a business. So I made some type of investment in terms of stocks or trying to buy some things in that light. Those are the two biggest mental shifts that I change, and specifically in buying a car or buying a purchasing of a car, uh, I change now to I, I don't buy cars new. Just don't do it. Um, I either buy a car that's two years old, uh, lease, or I, I don't buy it. I have, I have never bought, and bought, excuse me, since I changed things, I've never bought a car brand new. It's either been two years old or a lease because of it being such a depreciating asset and to make sure it fit within that at the time, the 70% lifestyle type strategy. That's the approach that I take on those depreciating assets, using the car as an example to make sure that it all fits, but also make sure you can exchange the proper value for what you're buying or what you're getting. Nah, beautiful first quarter, man. Beautiful first quarter. Thank both of you. All right, Michael, we're going to let you kick off the second quarter. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting it backwards. I'm going to go, Mark, I'm going to let you kick off the second quarter. And you asked Michael uh, a question to get the second quarter started. So, Michael, my question for you, because I know that you are very in tune with the market, you're very in tune with a lot of different financial instruments and vehicles, and uh, we've had – an environment that's been very unique since March. We've seen downs and we've seen some run back up. Uh, we also got a lot of other things at play right now. My question to you is, where do you see the markets going? Where do you see the stock markets going in the future? And then the second part of that is, is there anything that you're doing to position yourself right now based on where you see it going? Like, what are you doing with your money in terms of investment? Are you, are, you, are you staying invested? Do you have a strategy that you're using to invest? Are you moving more to cash? So really that two-part question, I'd like to know how you're thinking about it in terms of where you think the markets are going, and then how are you positioning yourself given what you think will occur? Oh, man, great questions. Great, great questions. Uh, and you're right. Uh, you know, 
me, I have a two pronged approach because my active my active income actually comes from trading, which is very distinct from the investing. I'm not gonna talk so much about the trading part, but one thing that I always borrow from trading, uh, and and this it takes a lot of practice, is the fact that you have to always leave yourself some outs for something you don't expect. But to answer from the top down, where do I see the market going? Um, in my intuitive sense, uh, just from being trading, trading uh, 15 years, market going back up this quick, it could go up to make. Let, let me tell you, it, it could go up to make new highs. I have I have a couple scenarios in which I'm watching the S and P. S and P cracks around. Uh, it's I think it's right around 2900 or something like somewhere along in there. If we get back above there, it's probably going to make a new high. But I can tell you right now what you. Guys, what I typically hold at any given time, which I've, you know, kind of paused on my own. Um, it, it cost base matters, but what I paused on is I have Amazon, which is still kicking, still at the highs, still making new highs. Visa and Mastercard have taken little hits, but I mean, for where they are, their their, their sectors, I don't see a fundamental change there, so I don't really see doing anything with them. And then I usually just keep the S and P index, but I. I dumped that actually last year, you know, putting any new money into it, that sort of thing. But I just, I do that kind of just as a sector rotation, kind of passive income. I don't really care. Look at the market, but back to where I think the market is going. We have a fundamental divergence right now between the S and P 500 and the actual economy. Now that tends to happen because the market itself can be looked at as a forward-looking indicator of the economy, looking six to 12 months down the road. However, we have something a little bit different in that. We have probably years of long-standing lack of volatility that has fundamentally come back into the market. And people can say what they, they say what they want about it, but from my take, I was worried about the market falling far before COVID-19. So a lot of the factors like I was looking at, at looking at the Fed pumping money into the repo rates late um, late quarter of fourth quarter of 2019, a lot of the you know deficits that we're holding and a lot of the deflationary stuff that we we got a lot of flags for deflation tend to tell me that the market is going to make another leg down. I know people don't like to hear that. I don't really care, but. In terms of what I'm looking for now, it's just like it's it's kind of like a fundamental approach to anything. I like quality stuff. I love nice things, which translates into I love nice stocks that will hold their value regardless. I mean, like again, Amazon's a great case. Um, in tech space, I'm looking at if I can get some discounts on Facebook. I don't really like Facebook as a company fun- fundamentally. But in terms of what they do and the service that they pro- that they provide, and you know their <laughs> basically their business model, I like Facebook. You know, I don't. Again, morally, yeah, that's, there's something else there. But I like Facebook. People have asked me about like airlines and, and and cruise ships and transportation. I don't like anything that has supply chain disruption as being a critical part of what may happen to it in the next few months. Because one of the things that I kind of go on is my um, my longstanding my model. It really again a translation from trading to investing. 
is what we call long gamma, which means to be long, understand that there's going to be uncertainty and risk walking forward. So again, by quality. Um, in terms of other stocks, I'm really taking a hard look at Disney. Uh, and again, I would say, you know, these aren't necessarily recommendations or stuff, but that's just me personally. I'm I'm looking hard at Disney because, again, what they've made long-term. Uh, they got some short-term issues because, again, with the parks and everything else, I can see in a few months, should we have another period of shutdown, we're looking there. But that's pretty much it. I, in terms of stocks, I'm not looking so much in terms of what to buy. I hate to turn this around and say it, but I'm looking. I'm, I'm back in my 08 bag. And I don't know if you guys can hear my voice. I'm excited. I'm looking to crush stuff. Like, as I go out, you know, sure, I've got my long-term portfolio. Like I said, that Amazon is still there. Master and Visa card, I'm still there. I still may add some to it as, as time goes. But right now, most of my capital, I'm not going to cash. I'm looking to find weak spots to export to the downside. And how do I do that? Uh, stock options. Taking options out, going short. Some of some of it's short term, like on earnings. Some of the stuff on earnings. We have some good stuff on earnings as well. That that you know, earnings was, did pretty well this last time. But as conditions start to worsen, as the federal government still has to add more to the stimulus package, and yes, they are going to have to do that. I think investors start to get spooked. So that's kind of my long. T the other thing to kind of watch, I'm looking for deals in real estate, um, sort of in land, and this is kind of a personal thing too. Um, I've been blessed to have a wife whose family has a considerable amount of land, but I'm also looking to acquire some more back where, I, where I'm from in Mississippi. I would love to find some land in Mississippi. I would love to find some land in some other some of these other uh, less densely populated places, kind of as a long-term play to have some outs from highly dense areas because COVID-19 just kind of exposed for me an area like there's holistic what you can do with capital to gain more wealth to gain more stuff but once you know like we i think we're in a cyclical spot where equity may be rolling over to other assets i think there's other stuff to get um for the long term when i mean long term i mean 10 20 30 years out and land is one of those things that i've always had interest in even more so than real estate even though i do like real estate and have held real estate in the past and you know rent homes currently and stuff like that but um my long term is I'm looking for the real estate market to kind of give me what I want in terms of depreciating prices as well, because um, I'm looking for also this is another maybe another conversation, but I'm also looking for uh, credit conditions to worsen here in the United States and probably around the world as well. Got it. So you look at so, so what you're saying is you, you do perceive you do perceive that you you think there we will be some more disruption in the market. Secondly, it sounds like you focus on technology and some strong entertainment, let's say companies that may have a certain niche. And then third, you're trying to position for real estate deals, and particularly you mentioned land. Uh, those are some of the highlights I heard from you, right? Yes, sir. That's it. Got you. Got you. Got you. The one thing no, I would add no, in there, too, I got, I got one more little bit. Um, I, it just kind of came to me, but I don't really – because this, this is right now on the trading side more so than anything. Things that are think about agriculture, uh, think think about companies that are able to provide, um, like I say, goods and services without certain disruptions because food supplies will be disrupted. Uh, certain commodities will go up in price based on that, 
and I'd say food and also some of your metals. That's that's another really that's an area where I'm looking, but this that's longer term. That's not quite here yet. Got appreciate it. that, Mike. No, I appreciate that. Beautiful. Uh, with, with that said, we're going to go to a quick halftime, and when we come back, we'll hear what question Michael has for Mark for the third quarter. We'll be right back. The Money Motivation Podcast, unscripted view into the game of business and money. The Money Motivation brand currently exists. It's a, it's a success and lifestyle clothing brand uh, primarily, and it was created because we saw the demand, and it was created in 2017. And we saw the demand for uh, the self-made modern entrepreneur, business leader, high achiever. Um, There was a gap in a prominent streetwear brand that really embodied their journey. So I wanted to take that concept and create a clothing brand that could embody that with a mission that's very simple, which was to inspire a life of excellence and freedom, uh, to promote independent thinking, hard work, taking risks, uh, having a relentless commitment to what you do and a uh, never giving up type attitude, those are all hallmarks of, hallmarks of the brand. And the product line consists of premium T-shirts, outerwear, headwear, accessories, canvas prints, and the like. But there's also a media aspect to this, which dovetails into this podcast actually being created, where I really want to help people be successful in business and build businesses and wealth and be able to enjoy it while they're here as well as build it for future generations. But it's about being able to live a life of autonomy. And that's been a big part of my motivation to be uh, in the financial industry and also have a brand that can represent that. So the hope is this can influence people to think differently. Moneymotivation.com. Moneymotivation.com. Money motivation, as you hear Mark Ray to break down why we're here with this podcast, why the brand exists but being a listener, you can enjoy a 20% discount by going to moneymotivation.com, put in the code MMPodcast. Again, that's MMPodcast, Money Motivation Podcast for the code, and save 20% at moneymotivation.com. Back to the third quarter, I guess, or Mark Ranger and Michael Sutherland. Uh, get this third quarter kicked off. Michael, what question do you have for Mark this evening? Yo. So, Mark, I had a different question for you, you know, I thought of, but listening to you talk about how you got your house, phenomenal. And also in my mind kind of associating that with the success, the the outlandish success that I know you've had. My question to you is this, because I'll give you a little background. Just, just I see you as having some very intuitive sense about not only who you are, but your talents and your skill sets because what you showed in 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 that house situation was uh a pretty much a a lesson in deal making like you knew something wasn't right you trusted it intuitively and you pivoted quickly that's what business owners that's what successful people do so my question to you is this how in the world do you know what to work on about you does that make sense how do i know what to work on about me Huh. That I've yeah. never had anybody ask me that question. That's why I'm on Red, the show, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm on the show. <laughs> I, yeah, and just so I just so I'm clear, because I want to make sure I'm answering the right question. You mean work on about me in terms of continuing to develop and get better? Is that what you mean? 
Yes, because that's clearly what you're doing. You can't have your type right. of success without without improving. So how do you know what to work on to do so? And Mark, before yeah. you answer it, I just want to throw this out here, um, and, and and it just really speaks to the unscripted aspect of this. He had a quest, planned question, heard what you had to right. say, and now he want to he want to ask you a question you never heard, you never asked answered before. I love it. I love it. That's the unscripted piece to this game of business and money, brother. Go ahead, though. Go ahead, brother. You got it. So, so two the first two things that come to mind because yeah, I've never had anybody ask. This is a very intriguing question. The two things that come to mind for this. Um, when people say work on something about you, um, I actually have always had a philosophy that you shouldn't focus on your weaknesses. Um, you should focus on your strengths. So part of my philosophy in knowing what to work on is I know what my strengths are. And so most of my work is continuing to develop and expand those strengths versus trying to figure out how to shore up my weaknesses. Cause I feel like if you focus on your weaknesses, all you end up doing is having a bunch of strong weaknesses. You don't, you don't really <laughs> ever get great at the weaknesses. So I, you know, I'll outsource that or I, I'll, I, I act, I won't worry about it. You know I mean? Sometimes to a fault. Um, I tend to focus on my strengths and I'm clear on what I'm strong at. So when you ask me, how do I know what to work on? Well, I'm clear on my strengths, so I work on my strengths. And that's going to be through the, the common things that you would do to work on your strengths, which is observe, uh, have mentors and people who can, you can learn from, read. Uh, I'm a voracious reader. I love to read, in particular, history and biographies of people so I can get more uh, tracks to run on, so to speak, around those things. And obviously, in the strengths that I have, I want to continue to develop those things. And then you got to do. The more you do, the more you learn. Uh, that's the, I mean, you know, experience is the best teacher. So it's just being able to uh, throw yourself into situations and take the risk. And then that's how I try to focus on continuing to do that and make myself uncomfortable to get in situations so I can continue to expand on those strengths. That's one piece. The other piece is I have a belief that if you're going to, if you're going to grow, you got to think differently. Um, because typically if you're going to grow, it's, it's, it, what's stopping you is normally something that you're afraid of, something you don't understand, something that you need more knowledge about. You've got to think differently or take a different angle of the ax to push to that next level. So part of my developing is to say, all right, in, all, in, in, in every scenario, I'm trying to figure out, okay, how, how do I need to be thinking differently about this? The traditional thing would say it's this, but – that's hitting a ceiling of complexity or that's I'm running into a wall or something in right. I got to figure out a way to think differently. So I constantly push myself to remember that and say, all right, you got to think differently. And sometimes it's just a slight, it's just a slight pivot or a slight angle. Sometimes it's a huge angle, but as long as that stays at the forefront for me, I try to make sure that that stays there so that I'm always constantly innovating in my brain so to speak. And as that innovates, then you typically can find a different path or a different angle in it, and it helps you um, in some instances. And sometimes you might fail, but you learn from the failures too. Uh, but that's the first thing, two things that come to mind when you ask me that question, Mike. Hey, perfect now, that answer. That makes a lot though. of sense. Yeah. I'll let you say something too, but I'm just saying, but as I listen to him and based on your question, because I get where it comes from, 
from. And clearly he did the very same thing to come up with that way of getting that house, right? He thought differently. But with the key point that I hear him saying, and Mike, I'll, get, I'll let you speak to it real quick before we uh, go to the last quarter, is I see how what a lot of people would do, and I may think I may have been guilty of it as well, but I see a lot of people, you may get the mentors or you get the people to guide you, and what you try to do is gather all the information of what's best to do based on what's normally been done. And where, he, where it seems like you've been able to tweak it, Mark, is instead of just relying on all of what everybody says and all the experts say, you're still looking for a different angle even with that information. And that's what sounds like, in a sense, why you've been able to be successful in the way that uh, Michael asked. Go ahead, Michael, or uh, any thoughts? But that, that definitely stood out to me. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, perfect answer because to me what I saw, and, and you know, again, self-improvement is kind of part of, you know, my dogma. But hearing Mark talk about it, it he leverages it. It's, it's the, I know, again, I sense that he knew himself. You know, and, and and it came across in what he was saying. You know, he knew what his strengths were, and you can only know your strengths by knowing yourself. But that's from an internal and also a reflective. You know, he got like you said, peers and mentors, and looking at history because you know even history can tell us about ourselves individually. And then that's leveraged with, like you said, forgetting all the other stuff is noise. Put yourself in the situation and, and go forth. It's beautiful. Now, I love it. And again, as much as I big up this being an unscripted uh, view, so don't think I knew that Mark was going to answer that or knew that you were going to switch the question when y'all hear this next cut. Our fourth quarter, yeah, that was those who've never heard the that was, a dope, podcast. that was a dope question. That was a dope question. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I appreciate y'all hear this cut because it, 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 it definitely applies when you hear this next cut. If you've never heard the Money Motivation Podcast, our fourth quarter, we always kind of do a dedication to Kobe Bryant, if you will. Mark, being the CEO of Money Motivation, he lives out in L.A. Um, me and him both are L.A. Lakers fans. He's now a Clipper fan. I won't beat him up for it, but at the same time, he had mad love for Kobe. So our, so our uh, fourth quarter is always a cut in reference to Kobe Bryant. Um, coming off the, the, the cusp of the Michael Jordan documentary, this is a perfect cut based on what you just heard both of them talk about in reference to Michael. So when y'all hear this cut, Brothers, y'all can go wherever you like. You can speak any part of it, even if you want to bring the mic thing in. I just thought it was a perfect cut. Could you maybe want to put the marketing skills you've learned to work for others, be it a marketing advisor, maybe even to other athletes? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, but it's, it's for, for me, doing that, it seems like I should really just do that for free because what I'm going to tell them is be yourself. Be you. Be you. There's no gimmick. There's no, you don't have to contrive anything. Who are you? Where are you today? What is your story? Where does that come from? through his will and determination, which of course is accompanied by his, his intense conditioning and his incredible skill. Michael, we'll start with you as you hear um, Kobe saying if he, would, if he could help people market, he would tell them, just be you. 
And as you hear Phil Jackson say, Kobe's right there with Michael. Any thoughts you have from that cut? Go ahead, brother. Oh, man. You know, again, just turning 40, and I think more than anything, I think at 40 I'm more myself than I ever have been. Maybe that's how it goes. Uh, But the way I really see that is I've kind of been that kid that starting out, I was had a penchant for my individualism, but it was kind of one of those things where, you know, I was an odd kid on a lot of different places. And it took me the longest time to figure out that this is going to sound really cliche, but I wasn't meant to fit in. And that goes with anything. That was whether I was in school or in engineering, you know, uh, when I Even when I came to this side of finance, my take has been a sideways take. But guess what? That's where my strengths are. And instead, and I had more trouble in business trying to fit a certain mold that wasn't me than me just going, screw this, uh, let me just do things my way. You still get your bumps and your knocks, but that determination that they're talking about, that willpower, that's with you when you're with you. So that's what I get from Kobe. You know, they talk about MJ. Again, I see it in Mark, you know, and I, I, I can characterize, I think, a lot of people that, that, you know, have the will to succeed, they're just, they're aligned with themselves. And the quicker you get aligned with yourself, the, the quicker you turn it on and, and stuff starts happening because that's, that's what happened for me. Hey, I love it. Mark, close us out, brother. Any thoughts on that cut? So I, I think, and in the middle, I, I couldn't quite hear the middle, but I think I got the gist of it, and particularly when he talked about being himself or, or be yourself, if he was going to be a marketing consultant, that type of thing. And, and I think it was speaking to uh, branding and, and, you know, how he might give advice to somebody who wants to, who wants to win in business or other. And the be yourself, be you piece, it obviously was the most critical piece. And the first thing it made me think of is actually, uh, yesterday on my social media, I put out a clip from Nipsey Hussle where he was actually talking about this topic, and he started out by saying, you can't put your expectations of me on me. I'm me. <laughs> don't, don't put your expectations of me on me. I'm me. I'm an individual. We're all individuals. And if you act your life in a way that portrays your individuality, that's how you can win. People don't remember you. They remember your reputation. That's one of my philosophies. They don't remember Mike. They don't remember Montoya. They don't remember Mark. They remember what you were known for. They remember how you made people feel. They remember what, you know, what your reputation is. That's, that's what matters. And when you embrace that, that, that authenticity, it's, it's magnetic, especially in today's world where everything is visible. Everything is visible. And you got a lot of stuff out point. there. You don't really know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. It's like now we're in this pandemic. You know, you had all these people out there on social media flossing, doing all this stuff. Well, now they're at home. Well, you get to see they at home. You know how they really live now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, you can't hide, right? You, you, it, it, it's, so you got to be authentic. And there's a confidence in that that's unique when you are authentic and you come across that way. It connects with people. So when you're trying to sell something, or you're trying to win if you're in sports, um, or you're in business trying to close a deal, or whatever you're, whatever you're doing in entertainment, there's a confidence that comes with you being yourself that is so unique, and it connects with people in a different way. And I think it actually pushes and propels you forward. But you got to have a strong will 
uh, in today's world to be yourself and to be individual. But when you do, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's magnetic, and, 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 and it is something that can differentiate you from everybody else. I love it. Fight to be yourself. That's what I think I just heard you say, brother. Appreciate you very much. Uh, Michael, again, Money Motivational listeners, they are all high in people that are looking to either be in the spot you're in or pass you one day. So um, if you have any information you want to share for how anybody can access you, again, that's your choice is whatever you want to give give out in that sense, brother. Uh, please share it at this time. Oh, yeah, it's SC Capital Management. You know, our website is sccmanagement.com. Uh, you can also reach us at 256-361-9158 uh, or, you know, hit me by email. Um, we, can, we can grab that up at admin at SCC Management. Uh, let me know and I can walk you through. Uh, soon we will be launching a educational series on how to trade, a little bit on how, how to invest as well, and I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in both of those. Uh, just know that I take both of them very seriously. And, um, you know, if you really want to be in this spot or really I'm looking for people to try to blow past me, I'd love to work with you. Uh, you know, give me a, give me a call. We'd love to, we'd love to have you. So, but, but it's serious business. Hey, love it. Look forward to um, you bringing that to the table. Mark, again, you are the CEO of this thing. P- appreciate you uh, for being with us on the squad with us tonight um, as well. Anything you want to? Share and I, I know, of course, I'm gonna say this over and over: moneymotivation.com, moneymotivation.com. But anything else you would like to say, uh, please go ahead, brother. No doubt, and it was a dope show today. I felt, I felt like you know, it was like we we, we went up a small hill at the beginning, and then we just started rolling down real hard towards the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this was a dope show. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, uh, well, first uh, on my Instagram is uh, Mark underscore Ranger on Instagram to follow for Money Motivation on Instagram is moneymotivation.co moneymotivation.co, that's the Instagram, the media page. Uh, and then uh, moneymotivation.com is the website, the e-commerce website for the brand, the Success Lifestyle brand. And, and we got some hot new designs coming out for the summer that will be out here in another 10 to 14 days. Ladies, we just put out a bodysuit slash swimsuit that's dope. Uh, we got some slides coming out in the summer. It's going to be the most comfortable slide you ever want in your life, I'm telling you. So we got a bunch of new stuff coming, so go check it out, moneymotivation.com, and I uh, appreciate everybody listening. Now, I've, I love the gear. It's quality, high-quality gear. Uh, let me say that. I am your host. appreciate you, Mark, for letting me host this thing. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I do host a Saturday morning show known as Mental Dialogue. Check us out every Saturday at Blog Talk Radio. Our motto is all I ask that you think we're the best in the world at doing hard conversations on race and sex. With that said, episode five is done. Game over. As we always do, we go out with the cut. Funny that Mark mentioned Nipsey Hussle, but that is how we start the show with a little Nipsey, and we end it with a little ride out from Nipsey Hussle. So sit back and enjoy this cut. Till next time, game over. Ocean views, small circle, it's a chosen few. I wrote it down and I followed through. I bought a pound and we rode the fuel. I talk shh, but she know it's true. Ocean views, small circle, it's a chosen few. I wrote it down and I followed through. I bought a pound and we rode the fuel. I talk shh, but she know it's true. Blessings, in my section. Yo, with all this money, I'm obsessive. Weapons. 
Turning off y'all extras. Turning off this bush direction. Turning up my grind. Waking up to more pressure. But it's all in your mind. So I never feel pressure. Knew it's all in due time. Now I'm stacking like Tetris. Hustle hard as my message. Then double back and get extra. No I fast when I catch it. Yellow bone, white Lexus. All black tint, two white cups. Fat gold chain, Sprite Texas. I'm just young and I'm reckless. I'm just on for my section. I'm just out here on top speed with my top down and I'm revving. I don't know about hell. I don't know about heaven. All I know is about right now and this lifestyle is interesting. I ain't down in my session. I just write down this confession. New daughter got life around me. I guess that I'm an exception. Bless ocean views. Small circle, it's a chosen few. I wrote it down and I followed through. I bought a pound and we rode the fuel. I talk sh- but she know it's true. Ocean views. Small circle, it's a chosen few. I wrote it down and I followed through. I bought a pound and we rode the fuel. I talk sh- but she know it's true. Look, I'm in these streets with my chewing on. And my bands with my music on. Old friends like what you and all. Shit, I've been on my grind. I ain't usually home. Focused, I ain't using phones. Lately, I've been using songs. To get my point across why niggas around me lose it all. But that's your point of toss. I guess I always knew the ball. And that's just where we've all been cracking because I do my job. Look, from hood rats to stars. Spending all cash to sliding cards. It's the definition of living large. Smoking top flight in the biggest cars. Told you roll eight, this shit was ours. Getting this cake, yeah, new. And getting more. Look at this world, young nigga. It's really yours. This really mine. My nigga is really for Them buildings is really high. Them cars is really for And all I see is ocean views. Small circle, it's a chosen few. I wrote it down and I followed through. I bought a pound and we rode the fuel. I talk sh- but she know it's true. Ocean views, small circle, it's a chosen few. I wrote it down and I followed through. I bought a pound and we rode the fuel. I talk sh- but she know it's true. Yeah, early morning off that flight though. We gon' go.